Welcome to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. This is episode number 19, where Jeremy talks to Stan Dukeman, founder and owner of Dukeman Family Winery. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. And today we're sitting at uh, Dutman Family Winery with uh, Stan Dutman, kind of hanging out, sipping on some some great wines, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Dutman Family Winery. So, Stan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Jeremy. And uh, as a, a precursor, if you would kind of let uh, our our listeners know a little bit about who you are and what got you involved with the wine industry in Texas. Oh well, I was. Uh... <clears throat> living in Houston, Texas, and there was a restaurateur that was our neighbor, and I had had a passion for wine since the late 80s, along with some cooking as kind of a hobby that I do. It's kind of how I can relax. And he was working on a cookbook at the time and would drop off food, and so I would always reciprocate with dropping off some wine uh, to him from for being so kind to us during that time period. And then he was moving to the hill country, and he said, you know, we should do a winery. And I said, no, I can't afford to be a part of a winery. And another year goes by, he goes, come on, we need to do a winery and a restaurant. I said, no, I can't afford to do that. And the, finally, the third year, it came around and we decided, you know, we'll, we'll give it a shot. And uh, so we started the actual drawings and the plans of creating the winery as early as 2003. And we built the current facility, uh, finished it in the fall of 2006, even though we had a, a we had a production in 2005 at our, what's our barn now? It was our temporary winery facility. And then we finished the restaurant next door in 2007. Um, we did a rebranding of the winery when we uh, had to separate the two businesses in 2010, and that's when we became Dukeman Family Winery. Uh, in the earlier days when we were figuring out what we wanted to do, we, we tried to realize what grapes might do well in Texas to produce wines that would be varietally characteristic. So that if you had somebody from France come to Texas and they tasted uh, Pinot Noir, if we were to do that, we would want them to know that that was Pinot Noir, no matter where it was from. Uh, same thing in Italy. So we, we decided to go with Italy um, <clears throat> as the predominant uh, country of origin for the grapes that we've done our wines. Uh, Mark Penna, who had been a wine uh, viticulturalist and winemaker in Texas since the 1970s. He was our original winemaker. And so he uh, worked with our growers in the High Plains to grow the varietals that we wanted to try at first. And we've been very fortunate. The, uh, the Pinot Grigio, the Trebbiano, the Vermentino, the Viognes on the whites have done very well. And uh, they're, they're happy in Texas. They grow well out on the high plains in those hot days, those cooler nights, that sandy red soil in Caliche. Uh, and on the red side, um, from the Dolcetto, the Sangiovese, the Alianico, the Tempranillo, um, those those wines have also really done well on the high plains. They they enjoy the the Texas weather and uh, have have thrived. We've been we've been real happy and and, and fortunate in that regard that those those uh, grapes have made wines that people can recognize that are varietally classic. And uh, you've, you guys have been fortunate over the years to develop relationships uh, and partnerships, you know, business-wise with some of the top growers. You know, on your on your bottles, you see a lot of the Bingham family name and John Oswald and VJ Ready. 
Um, do you think the, the, those relationships, how, how have you seen those relationships change over the years? And as you've both grown together, I, I should say. They have been completely committed to us. They, they've just been wonderful partners. They're, uh, they're outstanding farmers. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it was new to some of them to get into the viticultural business. And that was a, a learning curve for all of us. But, uh, they've, they've just been wonderful for, for Dukeman Family Winery. And they've been excellent partners. We're very fortunate to have high quality growers because you can't make good wine if you don't have great grapes. Yeah. Amen to that. We, you know, wine starts on the vine, as we know. It's made in the vineyard. Uh, so relating to that, obviously, most of us uh, either involved in the industry or wine consumers are really hearing a lot and reading a lot about the 2015 vintage. We've had a struggle the last several years in Texas. You know, 2013 was a very bad year for Texas overall you know, because of the freezes and hail in the hill country. Uh, but overall, 2015 is been a great year overall. Do you see that? Uh, I mean, as far as the, the fruit you've obtained so far? We have. Uh, it's been very interesting. The spring was quite wet. Um, and so, and that lasted clear into May and it was cooler than normal. But coming out of May, it's just been kind of a, a slow, a nice taper, uh, with the temperatures rising and, and drying and, uh, the grapes just slowly matured. And I think that with that slow maturation of the grapes, Dave and I have talked, you know, through, through this whole vintage that we've seen the, the, pH of the grapes and the bricks in the grapes just progress beautifully as well as the color. And so we, we, we feel that the 2015 vintage, at least from our farmers in our, in our areas is, is a, not only of high quality or, or of, of a bountiful vintage, but also a very high quality, good color and, and good sugars and, and good acid. That's great news. We'd love to hear that. And if only we had that every year in Texas, that would be a wonderful yes. thing. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about Dutman. So obviously we kind of talked about your history and uh, the vineyard partnerships and the 2015 harvest. How are things uh, going here at the winery overall? And I, obviously you guys have done well in distribution. Uh, restaurants, we do see the wines all over the place in Texas, which is a great thing. Uh, do you see those partnerships growing more in the future? And what does what does the future hold really for Dutman at this point? Yes, we've, uh, we've been very fortunate. Uh, we've, over the last two years, we've grown in distribution from a wholesale perspective, uh, by over 20%. And now we're in, uh, most of the big retailers as far as the grocery stores around Texas, which has been an, an advancement here in the last 12 months, uh, as well as some of the major liquor stores, which have carried us for a number of years. Uh, we're also now gaining a lot of on-premise. Uh, business in most of the restaurants. We're in over 400 restaurants in the state of Texas. So the, the Texas consumer, the restaurant industry, the, the committed grocers have really, uh, kind of taken us under their wing and they're supporting us and we're, we're so appreciative of that. Uh, I think that that will continue to grow. We're, we're working now to make sure that the consumer knows that, you know, Texas really does make some high quality wine and we want to be in that group and we want the, the Texas consumers to be able to be proud and enjoy a Texas wine or from all Texas grapes and, and, uh, be able to show that off to their friends and family that are outside of the state of Texas. I think along those lines, too, when you talk about restaurants, uh, we chatted a little bit earlier about the sommeliers and the restaurants, and it's nice to see the advancement as we've produced higher quality Texas wine like you have. 
you know, they're, they're gaining traction and the sommeliers are gaining traction on that too. They're more proud to push them in the restaurants. And it helps when you're making wines like Alianico and Montepulciano. A lot of people not familiar with those grapes versus Cab and Zin and Merlot. And I think that's been instrumental. So, you know, not just developing relationships with distributors, but having sommeliers in the restaurant that can confidently talk about your wine and say, oh, well, you, you might like that cab with the state, but let me tell you about Alianico and let's talk about Texas. And it's nice to have that aspect as well. And I'm sure you guys have seen that. Absolutely. Um, so kind of touching on something else here when it comes to uh, food and wine and heart health, obviously you're in the medical profession and, and cardiology specifically. Uh, we've heard and read so much about the antioxidant properties of grapes. And of course, we all want an excuse to drink more red wine every day. Uh, so resveratrol, you know, we have these antioxidant components that are supposed to be good for heart health. What is your professional opinion, good or bad on that? And is there legitimate, you know, after the fermentation process, is there some legitimacy as far as, okay, we still have some positive properties from these red wine grapes involved, or is it just, do we really just want to drink more red wine? <laughs> oh, that's an interesting topic that I, uh, I get asked about a lot. Uh, the, I think that one aspect that, that's interesting about this is, and many people don't know, that there was a, a clinical trial looking at resveratrol. And, uh, and if you put resveratrol into people's diets in the form of, of however, you know, you, you did that, if you reduced, uh, coronary artery cardiovascular events over a time period, and really they didn't see that. And so what we learn from that is it's not just resveratrol. Resveratrol definitely plays a part in that role, but it's the polyphenols. It's the overall antioxidants that come from the skins of the grapes. There is a slight benefit with all alcohol in general. And all alcohol is there's a health benefit as long as you maintain a, a reasonable consumption. You know, it's a, it's about half as much for women as it is for men. Uh, two glasses of wine a day for men is considered healthy. Uh, one glass for women, if it's a six ounce glass, considered healthy. Uh, the red wines have a little bit of an advantage over the white wine when you take a look at the health benefits overall, at least from a cardiovascular perspective. When you get over two ounces of consumption uh, on the men's scale, the, the risk of other things of cancer and things like that increase. Hypertension goes up actually when the alcohol consumption goes up above and beyond that. Whereas when you're two ounces and below, there is actually a reduction. So there, there is no question that when you look at the countries that have large wine consumption compared to, you know, what the United States has been in the past, there is a longevity and a cardiovascular benefit of some, of some amount, uh, to, to the, to the wine consumer. And, um, there's the joke about, you know, the, the Italian guy that goes to his doctor and uh, they said, you know, we, we know that if you drink more red wine, you know, you're going to be healthier and healthier. And, and the guy keeps coming back. He goes, the story just keeps kicking better and better and better every time. So you know, we, we, we have to keep it in check. <laughs> Moderation is key, right? Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for the, the enlightening uh, topic discussion on that. It's nice to have a professional opinion. Um, to finish off with, anything else you'd like to add uh, to our listeners? Oh, we are uh, very appreciative to the Texas consumer, and uh, we hope that you, when you go into a restaurant, if they don't have any Texas wines, and I'm not saying just Dukeman wine, but if you go into a restaurant and they don't have any Texas wines and they uh, have a nice wine list, ask them politely. Ask them, you know, are you going to consider having any Texas wines and and help push us because the the Texas wine industry needs the consumer help at this point in time. 
And uh, thank you very much for coming out to the winery today and tasting through some wines with us and really enjoyed the, the time period. Yeah, it was delicious. Thanks for sharing the, uh, the wonderful wines. Well, this concludes uh, this episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. And until next time, cheers. Thanks for listening to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. If you would like to read the show notes and see the photos included in a larger size, check out the blog post at texaswinelover.com. Be sure to check out our archive section on the website for previous podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TXWineLover. Plus, we are also on Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast either on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Join us next time for another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. Thank you.